This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Greetings and good evening. Grace and peace to you. This is Reverend Gary Lubin serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families, which can be found on page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. Today's reading from the Daily Office is Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Now, if you would like a little variety in readings and messages, please plan to join us later this evening at 7 p.m. when we are celebrating Ash Wednesday both in person and live stream on our webpage, Facebook, and YouTube. Our website is www.redeemer-cincy.org. That is redeemer-cincy with a Y, C-I-N-C-Y dot org. We are located at 2944 Erie Avenue in Hyde Park, Cincinnati. Now let us begin our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening and welcome. Today is Ash Wednesday, day one in our 40-day Lenten journey together. This is a fitting time for prayer, fasting, reflection, and penance. It is a time for repentance or turning around. In today's gospel reading, Jesus tells a parable teaching us repentance is as much about what or who we turn towards as it is about what or who we turn away from. Now, it is in the nature of turning that we come face a new direction. A new direction. About face. Jesus concludes the parable like this. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who 
humble themselves will be exalted. Now, after having reheard that, which sin do you think is the worst of them all? Many say the root of all the others. Did I hear someone say pride? The book of Sirach or Ecclesiastes, a book of wisdom in the Apocrypha, proclaims pride is the beginning of all sin. According to St. Augustine, pride is the love of one's own excellence. False pride is an inflated sense of one's status or accomplishments. It is oriented towards self. Wholesome pride depends upon a healthy sense of self, sprinkled with a dose of humility that is community-oriented. Frederick Beekner put it this way, Self-love or pride is a sin when, instead of leading you to share with others the self you love, it leads you to keep yourself in perpetual safe deposit. You not only don't accrue any interests that way, but become less and less interesting every day. Jesus suggests we practice our piety in humility by praying, fasting, and giving of ourselves, living life with a humble and generous heart. Now, in the parable, Jesus compares and contrasts two very different people who we observe praying in the temple a Pharisee, and a tax collector. Now, you know, Pharisees are very earnest, honest, upright, and patriotic defenders of the faith, and furthermore, well-educated, well-respected, and well-meaning. A person that, well, you know, we would admire and respect, like a good Episcopalian. Our Pharisee sure lets us know that he leads a good life, even fasts twice a week, and gives a tenth of all his income. However, Luke straightaway cuts to the chase. He writes, Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Jesus is just as blunt on other occasions. He called them self-righteous and hypocrites, self-centered brimming with self-importance, self-justification. Self, self, self. In the Pharisee's supposed prayer, he is not really talking to God, is he? But is acknowledging and praising himself, speaking out loudly so everyone can hear him. Cheeky. And note the use of the I word. I, I, I. The Pharisee says, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. I cannot help myself. I can hear that Pharisee saying, you people. Jesus suggests we practice our piety and humility by praying, fasting, and giving of ourselves, living life with a humble and generous heart. In his book, Jesus and the Disinherited, published in 1949, Howard Thurman wrote, it cannot be denied that too often the weight of the Christian movement has been on the side of the strong and the powerful, and against the weak and oppressed. This despite the gospel. We might have to admit that we are more like the Pharisee than we'd like to think, or even like Jesus' listening audience. For them, 
other people may have been a code for anyone they did not approve of, such as thieves, rogues, adulterers, and the streetwise tax collector, who was probably an extortionist, considered a robber, looked down upon, and despised, well, despised by just about everybody. And even the tax collector looked down on their self. Now here's the rub, folks. The gospel truth Thurman was talking about, Jesus tells us it is the tax collector who is justified. Why? Well, in spite of the Pharisee being so successful, scholarly, and such a pillar of society, we have to wonder about their emotional IQ. The influential Pharisee is condescending and dismissive. Their well-practiced behavior of looking down on people has probably become a very bad habit, maybe even to the point of hurting others, maybe turning a blind eye, giving others the cold shoulder, and seeing right through others, you know, seeing through the other, is something they should talk to their therapist about. Such an attitude and behavior multiplied in the aggregate in our society creates a you know, a wide chasm, a distance between those with greater power and those with less, contributing to a widening gap in social equality. Isn't that where we find ourselves? And, of course, practically speaking, it's impossible for everyone to have equal power. Communes don't ever seem to work out too well, do they? But what we do need is to use the power we do have compassionately, self-sacrificially. Compassion begins with empathy, being willing to at least imagine walking a mile in another's shoes. And empathy and compassionate behavior further depend on humility. Beekner said this, True humility doesn't consist of thinking ill of yourself, but of not thinking of yourself much differently from the way you'd be apt to think of anybody else. The Pharisee looks down on others. The self-congratulatory declaration of the Pharisee plainly lacks humility. In their prayer, there is no remorse or recognition of need. The Pharisee asks for nothing very self-satisfied and comfortable with their lot in life. How can God respond in love? Maybe tough love, perhaps. In contrast, the detested tax collector does not have much to say about fasting or tithing and is not self-satisfied, unhappy with who they are and what they do. The reviled tax collector of all people possesses an element of humility, praying God, be merciful to me, a sinner. It reminds me of the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Very appropriate for Lent. The tax collector being a scoundrel only highlights what is really, truly relevant. The tax collector knows they are needful. The tax collector surrenders willingly subjecting their self to God as a higher authority. I sense that the tax collector's desire to turn around towards something better. 
they are repentant. And in typical fashion, God will respond with love, grace, and mercy. After all, forgiveness is one of God's specialties. The tax collector was justified because they let go of any semblance of self-righteousness and looks up to God instead of down on other people, even while he has his head hanging low. So, let's keep looking up, turning around in humility and loving our neighbor as ourselves. And in the spirit of turning around, ask not only what we might give up, but also what we might take on and indeed share the love, grace, and mercy of God. May you have a blessed and meaningful Lenten journey. Amen. And now a reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, Out of darkness let light shine has caused his light to shine within us to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now the collect for Ash Wednesday. Almighty and everlasting God, you hate nothing you have made and forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Let us now take some time, pausing our worship together, if you need to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession, thanksgiving, and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, for the social and natural orders, for family and personal life, in particular for those who are suffering and those who have died. And now let us say together the collect for the human family found on page 815 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth. That in your good time, all nations, all peoples of the earth, the one human family may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the Collect for Social Order and Social Justice, which is found on page 823. 
Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving Spirit may so move every human heart, and especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand, and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Now in this time of repentance and turning around towards God's love, grace, mercy, justice, let us go into the world in peace, hope, and joy to seek and serve God being and doing God's grace, mercy, and justice. Do everything in love. Three, two, three.